Hello, and Hello. welcome to a Pictures Without Pictures, brought to you not by Microsoft, <laughs> delayed <laughs> to you by Microsoft, because holy shit, three minutes before I, before I pressed that live button, or before I was due to press that live button, um, I got a notification about a Windows update, and I had two options, update now, or update an hour from now. So I said an hour from now, and I went into my options to change that shit, and the scheduling stuff had all been greyed out, so it was either going to interrupt the podcast, or I had to do it now, so I did it now, and that's why we're starting 48 minutes late from our new time today of 1pm. Hi Reese, how are you? Hello, it's me. It's Reese. He's slightly less stressed out than I am, I think, because that was a very annoying 48 minutes. We are here today to talk about INCEPTION! Okay, I did a bit. Now you can <laughs> talk about it. It, it. It's funny because I didn't hear any of the context for that, so all I heard was just you'd go silent and then nothing. <laughs> yeah, I knew you would, but I told you what I was doing before the stream, so yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I picked this film because I thought it would be interesting to do one that was a bit more weird and out there. Um, and yeah, let's basically talk about dreams and shit. I feel Shall like we? it's not that weird and out there. I think it was quite a mainstream yeah, it, film think, at the time. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, it, it came out ten years ago, which we would have been fifteen at the time. We sure so, would. I remember um, the first time I watched this movie, I was twelve, and I watched it with my family uh, on TV. Uh, I don't know if we had like a DVD copy or anything. I just remember we were all in the living room wait, watching 12? it. Yeah, no, not twelve. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Jesus. I remember being 12, but clearly I was older. So I guess I was older. Yes. Maybe I was like 16 or 17. I remember it was like a couple years after it came out. Um, yeah, yeah. And I remember watching it with my family. And I remember really enjoying the hallway fight scene at the time, which we'll get into later. And yes. I remember that movie ended. And do you remember, Reese, when this movie came out, the whole thing was, did you get it? Did you understand the film? Did you get Inception? And the funny thing is, it's not that complicated. It isn't. Um, but it's really not. I remember at the end of a film standing up and going, I got it, I understood it. And my family being like, <laughs> really? Did you? I was like, yeah, I understood that movie. And I walked away quite pleased with myself. Uh, <laughs> I now realise I did not understand the movie. And I'll get into that when we get towards the end of a film because I have a whole of thing course. about that. But yeah. See, that's the thing as well. is, um, And it's, it's really igniting a passion in me for film uh, a lot more as we do this more often. Um... But it is something that I generally notice is I, I, I guess less educated would probably be a better way to say it. But because obviously I was like a lot younger, so it was a lot. Of, there wasn't a lot of nuance when it came to yeah. um, understanding certain things and just generally following a story. I think mm -hmm. um, it was just a case of I would loosely follow it. But now I'm obviously a lot more into it, and you, as a result, you definitely see a lot more and you understand more and things sort of, you know. And then you start to, to sort of get into the more like sort of detailed bits as well, which is um, always interesting. Yeah, I get that. Um, I was definitely watching this through fresh eyes, going, "Oh, I, I'm understanding more of this than I was before. I'm picking up more yeah. of the. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but you know how like in some movies the plot is almost backseat of like, like not the plot of like you're focusing on the characters and what they're doing and the actual action of the mm. film, but the actual plot of this is the fact that they're going into this guy's mind to try and incept the thought that he should uh, break up the company and all this kind of stuff. 
Um, I don't. Re- I didn't remember any of that, um, and I think it's because when I was watching it, I wasn't paying attention to that. I was just paying attention to I've got to get it and see if this part's a dream or that part's a dream. And all I, that rem- shit. I remember specifically like them go at like the, them being hired to do a thing in someone's mind, but I don't remember it specifically being about planting an idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, what did they say? It's something like that's inse- like Inception. It's impossible. <laughs> like, and With I was the like, amount of time, can I just say? They said, it's funny, yeah, that's what I was going to say. They, there's, like, so many roll credits moments in this film in the first ten minutes. <laughs> Inception? That's impossible! Inception? What's that? Inception is where... Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's like, that's impossible. And then, like, the, the hard, like, left turn 20 minutes later of, I know it's possible. I've done it before. There were some parts of this movie. It's a serious movie, but there were some parts where I was like, "This is silly. This is a it silly is, movie." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I think Tom Hardy's character definitely helps break that up a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there obviously there is like the seriousness, but then Tom Hardy's there just to be like, "Oh yeah, it is a little silly, I guess." Yeah. Like just to like remember, like this is just like, you know, whatever. He was quite campy, I thought, in this. He was very campy, and I really liked his character. Same. Can I just say, Tom Hardy has got fucking range. <laughs> I he's got so much range that I had to look up. I was like, wait, Tom Hardy? Which character was he? I didn't remember. <laughs> I remember his character, but I didn't remember it was Tom Hardy. I was like, wait, that's Tom Hardy. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I very stealthily, as you said, Tom Hardy, googled it very quickly and quietly, and I was so stealthy about it that I've just ruined it by bringing it up. Uh, because I'm a self-saboteur. It has recently rained outside, and I hope you can't hear all the cars going past my window right now, because they are quite noisy. Shall I go shut my window? How is it? How's I can't it really hear it on my end, so... Okay, that should be fine, then. Um, so, yeah, what what do you think about the opening of the movie? Because I think it's a bit mean to the viewer, if, especially if they didn't know the premise. Yeah, it's, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because, I mean, it establishes it establishes pretty pretty quickly the... I think the character, um, he, he almost is like a man out of time, like mm. kind of thing. And obviously, it, it, it's immediately like one of the first things is obviously he gets up, and one of the first things he sees is obviously the, the dream of his kids, like, and then running away. Yeah. Um, so immediately sets it up, which is quite nice. Um, but it is very, 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 very cold open. It is. Um, it, and there's not a lot going on, and you could literally remove that part of the film, and it would work. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I think it was very, it, it was very. You you gotta consider that when people are going into a film, they've seen trailers and they understand the premise yeah. of the film. And I think this is but, one of those openings with that in mind because if you don't understand right. the premise of this film, you don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> like but that's that's the thing as well. Like even I feel like even with that context, though, you still don't know what's going on because it's so yeah. like. Oh, there's a dude on a beach. He sees some kids. Oh, there's some armed yeah, guys here now. Oh, now we're in. <laughs> now we're in like a like a like an Asian sort of style building. There, there's no transitional distinction between when dream stuff changes or when we're moving between the future and the past, which I think is kind of mean. I think that's kind of the point for for the most part as well because it it, it does lend itself to the idea that we don't know what's real and what's a dream. True. Um, but there is some transitional stuff which was also very bad, which I'll mention later when we get to it. Yeah, they don't um, use much in, do they? I think that's a choice though, some because of it, it... Some of it works, some of it works, because it works with the pace of the movie and the idea of the movie. It works within the idea of the inception and the dream within a dream within a dream, blah, 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 blah. 
but some of it is just bad. Some of it is yeah. just outwardly bad. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, people are there, and then people are there. Like, it hard think... cuts. Like, people are there, but in a different spot, and it's like... Again, okay. though, I think that's <laughs> on purpose to give you the idea that it's a dreamlike thing. And yeah, uh, I, I, whole... I agree with that, but there's just one instance that I remember specifically, which um, I think is bad. Okay. Outwardly bad. Uh, well, I was going to say, I, I think the whole... Um, there's this whole argument for... And they, they want you to toy with it throughout the movie. But um, there's this whole argument for what we are told is a real world. What if that's a dream as well? And Leo's mm. wife obviously believed that. He accidentally incepted that into her brain. Um, is incepted a verb? I'm just going to use it like that. <laughs> because it's a weird mm. word. Uh, but um, I don't actually think it is. But I think the way it's shot and the way, and the, way the shots cut between each other. Like... At yeah. one point he goes to Mombasa and you don't see anything about him being on a plane or anything. He's just, one minute he's in the warehouse and then the next he's in Mombasa. I imagine that's partially just due to the, the films are a fucking long haul already. Like, they don't want to, they want to cut out some of like, the, the B-roll. True, like, yeah. but if you look at the stuff when they're in a dream, it's exactly the same. Of They can travel long distances just like that and it's to emulate the idea of when you're in a dream. It's mm. not like super sequential a to b it's and i think they did a lot of cool stuff with examining how dreams work and how they can fit yeah, that yeah, into yeah. film but it, that was one it, of the things really they did and i think yeah. by doing that in the real world as well they were trying to give you the impression of wait is this also a dream um it, it's it's one of those things the way it's done as well is it it takes something that is very real and very much like is cemented in reality in our world and then changes it just enough to make it sci-fi like yeah. where it's it's believable but also there's obviously the fantastical sci-fi element of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really Because well it is a sci-fi movie. This is a sci-fi movie, even though it's it, it's very, like, doesn't seem that way. It is a sci-fi movie because of, obviously, the idea of invading someone's dream is obviously this whole uh, very much science fiction-y kind of, kind of deal. They mention it very briefly, don't they, about, like, how it's used in the wider world. Like, it was originally developed yes. for the military to yeah. learn um, pain resistance and stuff under torture. yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is kind of fucked up, but there you go. <laughs> but uh, as for me, what I thought about the opening, I wrote uh, movie opens at a thousand miles an hour. Firstly, prolepsis or analepsis, depending. So you know, flash forward or flashback. Uh, who are these people? Where are we? What's going on? Dreamlike nature of scenes not linking together probably hints at where we are. I kind of already mentioned that. Mm -hmm. Viewer probably knows the premise too, so they'll catch on. Leo's dead wife starring in a dream is a fun idea. Mind heist. <laughs> for, if if I could, if if you had to come up with a different name for this movie. Uh, mine would be mind heist, even though yeah. well, for most of it it's the opposite of a heist. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's still kind of a heist movie. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, um, but uh, they, they, it's one of the things that they do really well in the in the opening. Um, I'd say when they're in Sato's dream, um, or obviously the dream within a dream, um, and uh, they're what was I going to say? Shit. Uh, the they they allude to a lot of stuff immediately. So it is explained later on about like the time differences between dreams and stuff and all that like but it's pretty much hinted at you like straight away like it gives you the idea because um it obviously it, it when he's in the dream his clock is going really slowly yeah. and then it flashes out to the dream before that, that like whether where he sat, he sat on the chair mm. um and then the clock like speeds up and then it's suddenly like going normal speed yeah and it's like oh, okay so there is a time difference thing going on here and then it goes back again and then where there's the explosion, the explosion suddenly gets a lot slower, slow stuff start, and then it goes back into the other dream. Yeah, this is definitely a movie for people who pay attention, and while they explain yes. it later, they show it first. 
Uh, and exactly what you just said is kind of how they do it and uh, I think it's also a movie that they know people are going to go back and rewatch to be like wait hang on I think I understand but I need more time for this movie and when you go back and rewatch it like we are even though it's like 10 years later uh, you do pick up on that stuff immediately it's like oh okay it all works you have something to keep you thinking from the very start I guess or keep you interested and it all works but it sets up but it sets up a lot of stuff. It sets up, obviously, the idea of the kick. Um, it sets up the time differences. It sets up um, what happens to your sleeping body can affect what's going on in the dream. Yep. Um, and then, obviously, they set up the, the architect stuff as well, of, like, it's built by a specific person. Yeah. That was really um, clever with a rug, where he's like, hang on a minute. Yeah. This isn't my rug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What happened to that guy? He just got fucking taken away. We never saw him again. Yeah. Um, or he, I think I think Saito says like he's like oh I'm not gonna do anything but the people you work for probably will yeah yeah it's almost this <laughs> like it's obviously not cyberpunk in aesthetic in any way but it's almost this mm. cyberpunk world of corporations having so much power and influence and sure. like no workers rights and all that kind of shit it's just kind of hint to that and I think I don't think they should ever make a sequel but I think when they inevitably no, sure. do um, <laughs> maybe they'll concentrate on that stuff a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to think as well, like, this this technology as well is very well established in the world already. Mm. The fact that people have trained, or trained themselves, or been trained by people to deal with this kind of, um, I guess, it, oh, they call it extracting, don't they? Yeah. Um, when it's, like, taking ideas and stuff. But the fact that people are trained specifically to deal with this stuff, it, like, heavily places this technology in the world. Um, which I think is very interesting. At the same time, though, I feel like they do the bare minimum to establish that because the focus is very much on these characters and what they're doing. They never, mm. they never spend a huge amount of time. Like they don't even like do establishing shots of like the city that they're in, or even mention the city mm. that they're in, apart from that time it goes to Mombasa. Um, so I think that it's an extremely focused movie you have like yeah, for sure. the first it's... like quarter of it is one thing mm-hmm. and then the last three quarters of it are like another it feels like well, that, that's the thing we said before about uh, previous films it's a character movie it's yeah. about the characters doing things because of reasons like and how, <laughs> how that <laughs> I mean you know that's just movies in general but like, a movie about characters it's doing not... things because of it's... reasons <laughs> it's not so much about the inception it's about friends we made along the way yeah. um it, it's about the characters obviously their interactions with one another and obviously you can see the relationships between each characters and stuff and obviously you can see the tension between Ames and arthur um obviously they don't quite like each other mm-hmm. um you can see obviously the wonder from uh, ellen page's character yeah um she's got a really weird name that i can't remember um oh i can't remember obviously the the struggle of um of cobb's character uh Obviously, Sato is just very interested in everything, and obviously, he's a big corporate man mm. um, who has the power to obviously do everything. He but turned out to be kind invested. of a softie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's weirdly invested, which I thought was very odd. Yeah, seeing as he is like he is like a like a big like conglom like he he's basically a conglomerate. Some characters um, make more sense than others. You have a huge amount of yeah. focus on Leonardo DiCaprio's character, but mm. um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Who is he? Where's he come from? What's his motivation here? He's just, he's just there. Yeah, he's just kind of there. Does he like? He's there for a job. Like he's he's, he's pretty basically just a hired dude to yeah. do stuff. Like yeah. I mean, th- it, it hints that there is a history um, going on between uh, him and Leo's character, mm-hmm. but 
like it's never explored. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, uh, but yeah, it's never explored, yeah, and obviously, it. like, there's clearly some sort of relationship there because he knows his wife, and he yeah. says, "Oh, she was a lovely person," and all this, so yeah. he knows all this stuff about his life. And at the end, when yeah, they're abandoning him in the in the river as well, or the yeah. lake or wherever, he's he's very upset. He's like, "Wait, wait, no, where is he?" Like you can see him like bashing yeah, yeah, the glass. Yeah. Like, why isn't he woken up? Kind of thing. He is upset. He's not just like, "Oh, okay, I guess we're leaving." Hmm. But that's so there. there it, it, it's strange, isn't it? It, it? It's like there's a weird animosity there as well. Like, um, it, it's like there's clearly a relationship and there's clearly like care between the two, but they clash like so mm. like quite often in the movie. Um, they they have conflicting ideas a lot of the time. It feels um, it feels like the kind of thing where the writer has it fleshed out in their mind, but there wasn't room to tell it uh, in the script, so it's just like not told. But it's there. I th- I, th- I, th- I think like from from what I got from it, it's very much a case of they're very different minds in that Leo's very direct and does things like okay we stick to this do 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 do, whereas Arthur's all about the numbers and he's very much like no this is stupid we shouldn't do this shouldn't do that yeah um but I think the reason they've stuck together so long is because they're very good at what they do mm. um obviously because Leo can't architect stuff which obviously because his wife and things. Um, I imagine Arthur kind of drops in and does a lot of that stuff as well, and obviously understanding of the technology and stuff. Like, Leo doesn't seem to do too much stuff for the actual, like, the sleepy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Arthur is very much like, suitcase, rah, rah, let's go, rah, 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 like, does it all. Yeah, he's it's extremely uh, capable. Yes. Um, and you see that uh, towards the end of a movie when he's the last one in that section mm. of a dream, and he's like, shit, how do I drop you when there's no gravity? Yeah, yeah, like, and then he fucking figures it out. Yeah. yeah very resourceful very determined yeah. but other than that we really don't get much of a character for him other than like what's what his actions tell us yeah yeah for sure um but, but that's the thing like everything every all the characters are are characterized by their actions and by what they do and how they react to things um and y- it really does paint a picture very well of each of the characters i mm-hmm. think like separately i mean like the relationships are obviously harder yeah you know. um i like how they toy, I did mention this briefly earlier, but they toy with the idea of, they basically want the viewer to come up with a theory that Leo is still in a dream. Because yeah. there's a few thing, there's a few ways they've done that. I've already mentioned the way that they uh, handle the scene changing. Um, so like disjointed and stuff. Um, I even put con- conspiracy theory time, Leo is in a coma. Um, when he's talking to Saito, he says, Saito says, how would you like to go home to America to your family? And Leo says, nobody can fix that. And Saito says, ah, just like Inception. He's he's making Leo think that, like, wait, did some, like, not directly, but it's kind of like nodding to the viewer, like, someone could have planted this idea in Leo's mind. What if Leo is still yeah, sleeping yeah. right now? That kind of thing. And they pay that off later in the movie, I think. But yeah, I thought that was really cleverly done. And also, if yeah, you think sure. about it, um, in that moment, he does like reverse psychology inception just by suggesting it. Like, ah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he's saying, oh, so it's just like an idea that someone's put in your mind and you can't get it out of your head. And Leo's like, wait, yeah, I shouldn't be so, so stubborn about that kind of a thing. I think was. Mm. It, there's lots of layers here. This this movie is definitely layers. an ogre movie. It's got lots oh, of yeah, layers. For sure. We should do Shrek sure, one day. Sure. Put it on the list. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think we might have already. Done Actually, that, yeah, so. it might already be on the list. <laughs> anyway. Um, 
I also said I like when movies do exposition by way of natural conversation. So when Leo's talking to Michael Caine, and I'm just using the actor names here because I think that's what people recognise them as. When when Leo's talking to Michael Caine and Michael Caine says, is it safe for you to be here? It's immediately telling the viewer, like, oh, he's not supposed to be... Like in this country, there's some backstory here, and obviously we get that fleshed out later. But it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's I just like that line. It, but like it's it's worse fleshed out in that conversation. Mm. He says, "I didn't train you to steal from people's minds." Yeah. Like, like I didn't train no thief or whatever he says. Well, and but, it's like, oh, okay. So this whole thing is like he's stealing ideas from people. True, but at the same time, though, that's not why he's not allowed there. They think he mm. made his wife. And then so. obviously, yeah, and then it obviously expands out into obviously the. The, they think obviously what of his intentions and stuff. Yeah. But obviously the the theory stuff obviously as well because this is a world where it's pretty well established that people can enter people's minds and steal shit. Yeah. Um. Obviously it's pretty well established, so it probably is some sort of crime at that point. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Um. Ellen Page, by the way, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I've just come off, and so have you, come off the back of watching Umbrella Academy Season 2. She's got range, because she's a very different character in this. She is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in the way she carries herself. Exactly, she's very open and very like, wow, the world is so cool, and she's very direct as well. Yeah. Complete opposite to her character in uh, <laughs> exactly. Umbrella Academy, yeah. and that she's very reserved and very awkward. Yeah, exactly. And just like the way she walks is completely different as well. Just yeah, yeah, ah, oh, yeah. She's she's very good. She's very good. I mean, I think this is probably one of like, I want to say this is probably one of the first like huge movies she's in. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. This movie has some huge fucking actors in it. Yes, or, it does. Like, well, not to huge shit. Well, it's like, a Nolan. Exactly. Like it's got obviously Leo Caprio. It's got fucking Ken Watanabe. It's got fucking Tom Hardy. It's got all sorts of people. Yeah, Michael Caine. Exactly, Michael Caine's in it. Oh, I failed you, Christ. Master Bruce. <laughs> I failed you. I know he takes a piss out of people doing excellence of him, but how can you not? Um, yeah, he's got a great voice. Yeah, he really does. Um, but yeah, when we meet Ellen Page and he gets her to do the maze test, is it me or yeah. was that a bit shit? <laughs> like he was I, like. I, I, I mean, it, it was. I don't know. I think it was just because it sets up the idea of what you want from an architect. Yeah, but the circle um, maze wasn't that difficult, <laughs> and it was like right. But well, I mean, well, I mean, anything that takes a minute to. But I think I think it's just I think it's just the idea that I it's get. like literally thinking outside the box. I yeah, guess. I get what it was trying to do. I just thought it came across yeah. a bit like when the it second very... she turned over the paper and drew a circle, I went okay, <laughs> a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a bit. Yeah. Well, um, I, I think the idea is that the I guess the square maze is more very straightforward because it's just like it's obviously there's there's only two axes you're going against. Yeah. Whereas obviously a circle is literally infinite axis. Yeah. So I think the idea is that you, it becomes a lot more complicated once it becomes a circle. Just felt a bit um, head tapped to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like <laughs> it, it was very just me, but uh, I, I I understand the intent there. Yeah. Um. I like how. Um, so you know when they're in the dreams, right? You feel like ninety percent of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I just summed up the movie. You know when they're in the dreams, uh, and they have. They're in the dreams. <laughs> I was just gonna say I really like how the audio works, like with. Oh, like, the audio in this film is fantastic! Holy shit! When they have the music to get them out, and you can kind of hear it playing in the dream. Yeah. But when they're deeper, it's like as we see later in the movie. When they're deeper, it's more like, oh, I thought this was just the wind, but this is the music playing from yeah, like two levels it, higher. Yeah, it's, 
like super like slowed down so it's almost like this weird like drone yeah and it's it's kind of how music works in dreams i've heard it happen like mm. as you're waking up you're like wait what's that noise you can't quite place it and it's not like super clear but as you wake up it's like oh it's this music i'm hearing right now it hasn't happened yeah. a lot to me but like they did a lot of research on like what it's like to dream and like how yeah, things like, they, incorporate they, themselves they definitely dreams. worked to make this like exactly like i said before about like they took a concept from like real life and twisted it into a sci-fi element mm. um so that there's still that because that's i think that's that's what a lot of science fiction is it's reality it's it's like it's a, a weird crazy out out there like idea grounded in some level of reality yeah true i mean that's why i think they did really well with the mcu stuff with the with like modernizing a lot of um a lot of villains specifically spider-man villains i mean um the fucking obviously vulture yeah he's literally just he's wearing like a giant mech suit effectively yeah and then obviously uh mysterio obviously a lot more tent rather than mirrors yeah literal literal smoking mirrors because holy shit yeah especially when um, their base stuff is so old it's like yeah, it, yeah oh sure. we can update this soon in a really cool way but that's what i mean like they, they've changed it to fit into the world more naturally yeah um and it works it works fantastically yeah. Um, and then it lends itself to the story and everything as well, and really makes it feel like a very real and very, very conceivable world. Like yeah. it's not very out there. And this does the same thing, and it does it very well. You just got to keep that disbelief suspended and not not have any kicks, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah. No. This is this. The whole idea of dreams is a really cool idea. I'm surprised it hasn't been done more in sci-fi. If I'm perfectly honest. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, uh, I really I I think the thing I remembered most about this movie was when they took Ellen Page into a dream and had her start messing with the physics, and yeah. you see like she folds the city in on itself and stuff. Yeah, I thought that was really fucking cool. Yeah, so, <laughs> just so, unabashedly awesome. <laughs> that is very cool. Um, the point that I made earlier about there being a really shit cut though is at is just before that. Yeah, I think um, I know what what you mean. Yeah, when they're yeah, walking down the they're street, walking down, they're mid conversation and then it just cuts to another scene and it's like in a very similar street. There's there's it's very clearly a different street. The yeah. lighting is different. Yeah. Uh, like and you just stopped a conversation. Like that was there, there was no there wasn't like a definitive end to that conversation. It just stopped. Yeah. Which I think obviously they must have cut something from that point. Yeah, it like, did feel that wasn't a, bit a like very that. good lead on. It was just they were on screen and they're in a different place on the same, literally the, like, the same markers. I also noticed like, uh, at one point, a little bit earlier on, when they're outside the cafe and they're talking, there is um, a part where Leo is talking to her and they cut out some of his dialogue, and I could tell because yeah. I guess I do a lot of editing and stuff. But it's like, you know, when you see in trailers, they're like, that thing is going to crash through here. Like, they, they're like clearly cutting words together to make sentences. That actually yeah. happens in the movie in this one, and he's at the yeah, table yeah, talking. Yeah. To, I forget what he says, but like he's talking. I mean, you can when people speak and like they're having a sentence, they have a natural cadence. Like they might yeah. start high, and as they're talking, they kind of talk a little bit lower, like this. And if you cut half of that out, even if a sentence on paper makes sense, the part you cut out and stuck together, it will still sound like they're talking like this. Like you can tell the cuts there. Um, and that happens outside the scene, outside uh, the cafe in that scene, and it kind of took me out of the movie. I was like, oh, I wonder what they cut. Uh, it's the only time I yeah, noticed yeah, it yeah. happening. I don't know if it happens very often in movies, but that was a very obvious one. 
but it, it's one of those things like because because it, it, it's such a long movie and a, a movie being two and a half hours long back then was like yeah. a ridiculously long movie yeah um obviously unless you obviously count all the rings but um gotta get those but, box office showings in there you can't have too long of a movie or you can't show it multiple times a day and sell it <laughs> that's literally the reason why but, movies are the like that they are yeah yeah but like it, it, it's disappointing because it, it does it does kind of like it does cut a lot of stuff and yeah um i but, think that's I probably mean, the section of the movie they cut the most given that we've noticed it um yeah, yeah, yeah for sure we'll just bring yeah, ellen up to speed sure. really quickly instead of like gradually because they don't need three hours mm. uh they need two and a half hours kind of thing um but i yeah, did yeah, yeah. i did still really like the whole thing where she's learning uh did you notice though when she when they went to walk from one angle to the next when it was a 90 degree right angle uh the cgi yeah. on that didn't look very good <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, 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 there's not much, obviously, CG in this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, clearly, like, it, there wasn't much budget for it. <laughs> it reminded me of Han Solo stepping over Jabba's tail when they added in uh, the new-looking Jabba in the Star Wars The New Hope redo. Oh, God. <laughs> where they literally just dragged the JPEG of him up and down. <laughs> obviously, it wasn't that oh, God, bad, yeah. but it reminded me of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, probably most of the budget went into fucking the actors, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it was well spent. Oh, for sure, for sure, but still. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it was around this point when they started going into the main part of the movie, right? Where they started doing the dream within a dream within a dream with the, with yeah. the dude. Because um, that's, that's, it's like the setup, like the yeah. heist get together, the setup of the heist yeah. I just felt the need to establish that because I didn't take too many notes because I was too busy watching the movie yeah. <laughs> I was like I, I'm really into this um, but um, oh yeah when they're talking about it okay so when he's getting the team together before they actually set it all up um, mm. there's a conversation he has with the do they call him the alchemist or the the, the, the chemist the chemist yeah, the, yeah this isn't fucking medieval uh, yeah they call him the chemist um, but the three levels of dreaming within dreaming is impossible that conversation came off kind of silly yeah. to me <laughs> i gotta admit that was a little bit like okay come on <laughs> let's get past <laughs> we're gonna do it come on <laughs> like i think it's just trying to it's trying to like three levels like, like nodding yeah. at him like um okay <laughs> it's just it's just adding like a, a bit of like a like a oh like you know yeah like just just for the, just for those people also uh the whole mombasa scene i haven't got any notes on it but um the whole I didn't like it. I it was it. interesting because it's the only time that Leo's character faces mortal danger in the real world. Although I yeah. guess I mean he does in the last half of the movie when you consider the uh, the um, what's the word the stakes. Uh, but like you know what I mean, like the actual physicality of getting shot in the shoulder and having to deal with that. You can't just wake up from that. Mm. Um, that was a. Uh, yeah, and I thought they didn't, like, make him super, like, different, like, because he's like, holy shit, like, this is really scary, I'm in the real world. It was just an act, it was just a chase scene they wanted to do, I think, but it was, it was okay, it served its purpose, yeah, it was yeah. good. Um, I think it's interesting that they threw that in there, um, like, they were like, oh, some stuff's gonna happen in the real world as well, it's not all just gonna be in the dreams. Yeah, yeah. Um... And uh, it was around this time as well when he goes back and he's talking to Ellen Page uh, because she invades his dreams, dude. What the fuck? Not cool. Don't do that to me, wow, please, Ellen so Page. Wow, that's so cool. Wow. Oh my god. Ah. <laughs> uh, oh. Um. Yeah. Sorry, Karen. No. Yeah. Go on. I was just gonna say, uh, I was just before that about the totem stuff, which I thought was interesting. That's what I was leading into. Um, yeah. 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 Um. 
because I think yeah, that's a little bit before he actually invades his dream. I think. Well, is um, I wrote it down here because this is around a time when he reveals that the totem used to be his wife's, whose name I cannot figure out. Is it Madge? I couldn't. It's Mol. Mol. <laughs> Sorry, I've forgotten clearly since then. Mol. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Is it like short for Molly? I don't. I, I'm not sure. Anyway. I, I, can't, I, I looked at the credits and I, I can't remember if it was different or not. Well, anyway, so. his wife Mol. Um, it was her original totem, which means it's not accurate, right? Because yeah, yeah that's it's, important. It's not his technically. <laughs> and I have a theory, um, and I'm going to talk more about it at the end. But my theory is that Leo's totems are the faces of his children. Yeah. Uh, and that's because throughout the movie, obviously, he whenever he's in a dream area, he doesn't want to look at them because um, and it's it's kind of a two pronged thing. A, they're his totem, uh, and B, he has this whole thing about how he's not going to remember his wife properly. Um, and I don't think he wants it, to see his kids' faces half remembered because he hasn't seen them in a while. So that's why he yeah, keeps yeah. avoiding looking at I think them. I, it's probably just a level of guilt as well. I like, feel like yeah. he, he's not. That is well. He deserves it as well. But I'll get more into that later. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, the totem idea was interesting. Like, what yeah. was it? Um, it's an idea of like grounding them in reality. Like, because I think he says it because he goes, he's like holding it up and then Ellen goes to grab it. Is mm. it his little loaded? I think it's his loaded dice. Yeah, Joseph. Yeah, like, Joseph Gordon Levitt's one is his loaded yeah, yeah. dice. That would defeat and, he purpose. and he basically says, "I can't give it to you because I, I, I need to be the only one who knows its size, its weight, its proportions." Exactly. Um, so that if someone were to recreate it, um, they wouldn't accurately know everything about it. So that if I wouldn't know if it was an imitation, effectively. Yeah, and also it's worth noting. Um, um, oh, you know, I feel like this happens every podcast. I start a sentence and a thought flees me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's also worth noting that we never actually see him use a dice because this is this movie isn't about him. We don't see his um, his personal moments. We don't see him thing. stop and check. But that's the thing. Like he's, I think he's like very sure of this reality, yeah. whereas Leo is not because there's so much shit going on to him. So he has to constantly check. You know. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, so yeah, now we're definitely approaching a part where they uh, deftly start their mind heist. I'm going to call it a mind heist, even though it's a mind inception. We're calling it mind heist. And um, yes. I liked the whole... Uh... Okay, so first of all, I like that Leo's uh, subconscious barges in like a freight train. That's not supposed yes. to be innuendo, but it's totally innuendo. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, I guess he's attracted to his wife, and the whole thing is about his wife, but I know the whole the whole thing with the train is that they laid down on the train tracks, and they came back to reality by getting their heads squished in a very morbid way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked how that just barged through, boom! Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, just out of nowhere. It was very good as well, because it was, it was just like, okay, things are going well, things are going all right, so there's a freight train, yeah. and then things <laughs> immediately start going wrong, yeah. and it's like, oh... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, that's a heist movie trope, right? Where they start the job and then something immediately goes wrong. Immediately goes wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's also uh, it's very important that that's Leo's character that sets that off. Like he's the one who's really pushing this, but at the same time, he's not entirely fit for it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like how not long after that he reveals to them that if they die in the dream, they die for real. <laughs> Die in the dream, you die for real. <laughs> Which isn't the sentence they use, but it's a running joke between us. Uh, if you die in a game, you die for real. The amount of times they say limbo as well is ridiculous in that fucking scene as well. <laughs> limbo, 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 limbo. Oh, look, there's a Lambo. No, it's limbo. Okay. That's me being Lambo. Limbo, 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 limbo. Um, and then, um, 
I think it's uh, what's the what's the name of that dude who played Scarecrow in Batman? Um, uh, let me quickly yeah. Google it so I can talk about him. Uh, Scarecrow Batman yeah, no, no. actor. Cillian uh, Murphy. Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. Uh, he yeah, um, his character. I really like him in films, by the way. Um, he's very. He he's in uh, Peaky Blinders as well. And apparently, he's really good in that. Oh, cool. Um, I, I thought he had some good characterization in this. Yeah, like yeah. we don't see it until we're actually with him, which is interesting. He, it's like you he don't... definitely gives off a like a I don't care like for a while, and then obviously once the Inception starts working, it's like he, yeah. he starts going along. And he's like he's actually got some really good emotion to him. Yeah, he's a really good character is really like he, he puts some really good like emotion and character into the role. Exactly, um, makes him very believable, and like he has a basic understanding of it as well. Yeah. I saw Servs, he immediately's like, I mean, I could just kill myself, right? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> he reminds me a lot of, um, there's this character, and I, did you ever watch Iron Fist? When no. that was on, yeah, so there's this character in Iron Fist who's very much like him, who is the son of this wealthy businessman who right. has this whole father complex of not living up to his father's expectations. Extremely similar character. And I really like that character in that series, so I think that helped me like this character a lot as well. Um, yeah. It's just interesting, the whole dynamic yeah, yeah, yeah. of um, sure. wanting to live I, up to I, father's expectations. I do, I do like, um, one of the things to go over as well is um, they don't want him to break it up because it's bitter. They want it because uh, I think Leo says that positive emotion is a lot more mm. um, stronger. Is a lot stronger to uh, use as a thing, like the idea of catharsis for yeah. doing a, a doing a thing that's good or doing a thing that you think you need to do, um, rather than doing something out of spite, um, which I think is really interesting. And they sort of lead with that. And I think they say like that to start with. They say. Um, they say, oh, you're not like your dad, and then it's like, uh, you build something for yourself, and then my dad doesn't want to be, my dad doesn't want me to be him. The whole thing was exceptionally cleverly handled. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I can't imagine, like, the brain it takes to write something like that, and then, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. to keep on top of it amongst everything else that's happening. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's like, I've always likened the fact that movies are closer to poetry than they are to novels, in that it's this... Yeah allotted or it's not poetries aren't like poetry isn't allotted time but it's like well, this I mean, shorter yeah, yeah, form but it's, uh, with poem it's a structure isn't it yeah like, there's a specific structure you have it's to follow it's shorter form highly structured highly dense thing where you can read more yeah. into it than like whereas a novel is like like 200 300 400 pages of stuff a poetry mm. a poem can tell like just as much in such a shorter amount of time exactly, and have yeah, you yeah. looking at it at so many different angles and perspectives and I think movies are a lot more like that especially movies made by these people like Nolan, uh, not Nolan North, uh, Christopher Nolan um, and I think this is one of those things I lost the start of this thread but that's how I got, that. this is where I got to from that thread <laughs> um, it's just like there's so many like you're always thinking about what's happening on these different levels as the movie goes on and it's rewarding how it pays off a lot of the time as well like when the van's flipping over and you see Joseph Gordon-Levitt like doing that really fucking cool hallway fight scene uh, because obviously the gravity is shifting in there but the other dudes they're not like in the in the next layer of a dream they're not having gravity flip all around because they're kind of suspended mid-air they're not feeling gravity flip all around and that's mm. what's important to so making the gravity flip all around like it's so much to think about and it's just like 
so well done, especially with all the timing and everything. And I'm rambling at this point. I just really like this movie. Yes. Save me from my rambling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where does that leave us now then? Uh, so we're. So I I kind of fast forwarded a bit, but we're kind of just getting yeah, into yeah. it where he's being kidnapped. So, in I, the, it's know. funny because the the only the, the, like one of the main things I actually remember is the fucking uh, Ames joke when like they're about to leave the the sort of hangary sort of area, and um, I guess it's like more like just a dilapidated sort of um, like workshop or something. Um, but then, like, uh, uh, obviously Arthur's like shooting at them from the thing, and he's like, and then Ames sort of wanders over and just goes, "Don't, don't be afraid to dream a little bigger," and then just shoots a fucking grenade launcher. At him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember that part so well. It's just like, all right, <laughs> yeah, it's just like we're in a dream, dude. You can fucking yeah, do what you like. Um, but yeah, and I, I, it is very, it is very interesting because um, it's because it, it, the amount of shit that goes wrong as well, especially mm. like on that first level. Yeah, it very much like, feels like they're doing everything by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is really interesting, especially if like first time watching as well. Like mm. it, it is constant like tension going on. Yeah. Of how much shit's going on? And they they frequently cut back as well and make sure that you're reminded. Yeah. It's not just okay, we're done with this layer. Now we're going to focus entirely on this layer. It's no, everything's yeah, yeah. important. It's all happening at the same time. Um, just at different speeds. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um. When uh when scarecrow dude I've already forgotten his name Killian when Killian Murphy's character says that he he spoke to his dad and the only words he heard was disappointed and then they flip that at the end where it's like oh right. no I was disappointed that you were trying too hard to be me um, yeah, yeah that's interesting right because it's like that came from inside his own mind so do you think yeah. that was true or do you think that was a lie do you think like he knew deep down that his dad didn't want him to be like him or is that well, a convenient lie that was placed with the Inception. I think it was just a convenient lie. It was just they took what information they had and then changed it. So the information came from him. They just made it like appear differently. So this perspective, effectively. So this guy's dad really was just disappointed in him. Like I mean, we don't. We like can't this. really know for sure. I know because the only thing he said was disappointed. Yeah, um, but I guess like the idea is if he if he has the capacity to believe that like deep down like he believed that oh shit no he just didn't want me to turn out like him i guess there was some hints of that throughout his life that he was drawing on yeah. um yeah possibly yeah, yeah for sure so I mean, th- that's unethical. the thing as well is they researched him like deeply and extremely well yeah. to the point where they knew a lot about him and could like pull all these things and that as well like i mean ames is basically just like yeah these, these guys relationship was fucked <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like, oh, we're supposed to make this guy feel positive about his dad? Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it's a whole thing. Also, the, the, whole, the whole thing with the numbers in the interrogation was interesting, because if I understand yeah. this correctly, it didn't matter what the numbers were. No, he just no. had to make up a string of numbers that he then believed would have been the code to the safe, so that it's like he's, he's planted the idea in his own mind kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like, he... Yeah. Because he thinks back and remembers the code that he himself said it's more believable to him yeah because it's a code he knows and he's obviously physically said and it, it's it's well one, one of the things as well is he doesn't quite remember very well so he yeah. doesn't remember if those he doesn't remember like oh these are numbers that i just said randomly it's like no these are numbers i said yeah yeah ex- um, exactly and they, so they must mean something because um, as he explains, it's like trying to remember a dream after you've woken up. 
Like, yeah. it's so hard to actually train yourself to do it. Yeah. Which you can actually do in real life, by the way. Yeah, you can and that train can and have very lucid dreams, and that can lead to lucid nightmares too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> if you're not careful. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> caution. Very horrible. Caution. Um, but yeah, like I, I think the the idea behind it is like you can you because the the idea of dreams is that your brain knows it's a dream, so mm. it then chucks it away as basically it's not important, so I'm not going to store it. Yeah, as a thing, um, unless it's and unless it's like some sort of very traumatic or something, you know, something tied to you directly by like a memory or something. I imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, you can get those dreams that stick around for quite a bit longer. Um, yeah. But you can basically train yourself if you write down the information when you wake up. Uh, you can train your mind to believe that it is important, and so you retain the information. I've been tempted to try that a few times. I have done it. it it's very times. interesting. It's very interesting. I might. I, like, this movie had me thinking about that as well. I might just start doing that. Like, actually yeah. make it a proper thing. Especially with all of this, all of the writing projects I have going on about, like... I've already told you about it, I think, about how I'm basically... They're basically memoirs. I don't like calling them memoirs because it makes me sound like an old man, but I'm basically writing monthly memoirs. <laughs> um, and I feel like dreams could tie in interestingly to that in some way. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, I like how they're so, like, efficient. Like, the second he's out, like, they put hood over him and then, like, they drug him, and then the second he's out, it's like, okay, he's out, and, like, they start doing all this other stuff, like, and they don't have to pretend yeah. anymore, and it's very, very well done. Mm-hmm. It gives you the idea that um, all of these people are just so fucking professional, um, mm-hmm. and so well trained, and all this kind of shit. Yeah, sure. Um, so underneath that, I put, um, and I think this is a little bit later in the film because again, I haven't been making notes every few few minutes like normal. It's more like whenever something occurs to me. But um, so going ahead a little bit, we learn a little bit more about um, Leo's wife. I think. Um, this is yeah. when he. Uh, when when is it that he tells Ellen that he basically was the reason why uh, she thought reality was a dream? That's not until the very end. Of oh the really? Film. Um, the the conversation he has with her and is that he basically says she thought it wasn't real. She was so wrapped up in the world we made that she didn't think anything was real, even when we woke up, and so yeah. she jumped. And then he based that's when he explains why he can't go back to see his kids. Yeah. It's because she wrote a whole letter about it. Which what the fuck? <laughs> let's, let's take a minute. Well, think about it. If you if you are absolutely one hundred percent convinced that the reality you are in is not real, but it's a dream, and that your husband, uh, your husband is in this kind of denial, uh, but you have to wake him up, and the only way you can do that is by killing yourself. Um, or yeah, by him killing himself then, it's yeah. it's a very like ruthless like okay this is the only way I'm going to get him to actually do this yeah, with yeah, me like, it's very like yeah it's like, like, like look, I've done this so if you don't do it you're fucked either way like, yeah <laughs> and um yeah it's just like it's it's horrible from our perspective knowing that that is the real world but um but yeah that was around the time I, I I realized that the film wants you to come up with his theory that the real world is another one of Leo's dreams mm-hmm. um, for sure yeah uh, see the problem with this is it's such a multi-layered film um, yeah with so many like facets to consider and think about that even though I only watched it last night I'm already being like wait and then this happened here and yeah, then yeah, I was like, thinking about this because of this and like it's one, of, it's one of the issues with like keeping track of things because it's so many different scenes as well it's so many different things intermingled with one another yeah like one is like in it like a legit infiltration mission one is like 
like a sort of a fight scene in a mm. hotel. Another one is like a chase sequence. Like, and there's all these things while they're also like in the real world, all flying in a plane going to to a funeral. You know, it's 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 very hard to keep track of like in your mind just thinking about it for sure. Yeah. Um, but it, it is. It, I think that it doesn't overdo it to the point where it's like constantly switching back. It does it enough just so you're of what's going on. Like, yeah, you know, like, exactly. oh, this is happening in this one because, oh, he's going around a corner, like, mm. and stuff like that, which I think is really interesting. It really does uh, paint a cohesive picture of this multi-layered dreamscape uh, very, very well. Like, I didn't for one second think, like, you know when sometimes you're looking at a movie that's trying to tell you about one place is, like, a dream area and or, like, something like that, and you're thinking, oh, yeah, but this was shot in Los Angeles kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you know that it's a solid real world. In this, I really did have a sense of, like, they didn't have to do any screen effects or anything like that, but I yeah. really did have a sense that this is three layers down in a dream kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, and, and the way it's set up, like, like, with it being a dream as well, they can get away with a lot of things. Well, like, things that would normally be weird, it's just, like, it's not really because it's a dream technically yeah so it is probably how a dream would work because yeah. shit happens in dreams and i think um when we get to the final layer of um what they called uh, limbo uh and you see the city leo bill i think the fact that he's on a beach and he's looking up at these skyscrapers really works to accentuate that this is a bottom layer uh the only yeah. way is up kind of a thing i think there was probably some camera work there uh, and but... they, they say as well is the, the reason stuff's there is because it's literally what like they left there what Leah left there mm -hmm. when he was there before and it's all these buildings and stuff that they created for themselves yeah like while they were obviously stuck and I think it's important that that's Leo's dream um the the limbo bottom part because um basically I'm gonna how does this relate to anime well I'll tell you how this relates to anime my first and favorite well maybe not favorite but one of my most favorite animes uh is Bleach and Bleach has a lot of stuff about going into your subconscious and fighting manifestations of uh, whatever's going on in there basically and because of that that is something that I've taken with me uh, visualizing my own personal shit growing up yeah and because of that I love that shit and this movie does that um, not in like a shonen anime way but um, it's like yeah this is Leo's subconscious this is what's down there this is why his this is like the source for his motivations like his wife's yeah. down here and you can see his grief personified as his wife and I guess if I'm going to get into that I might as well go into my rambling monologue about it because um, I mean it's not jumping ahead that much it is like when we get to the final area uh, the final layer of a dream he goes and sees his wife with Ellen and um, they go past the houses that they built and it's like this is areas from our past and stuff and eventually they get to the to the to the uh, skyscraper where it's like the inside is like a house, but you know, that's basically where they yeah. lived. And she's there, and um, it's made quite clear to her that yeah, this isn't really her. This is just Leo's projection of her, his memory of her, and yeah. he deals with his grief face to face in this scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's super important for his character, and yeah. um, it actually really fucking moved me. Um, it was really good, like, the way, the, what you were saying as well as being like, like, I tried my best, but I still even couldn't recreate you properly. Well, that's... Like, everything of you is just a shade. 
that's exactly the quote I've got here. She says, you yep. can stay with... I don't remember exactly what she says, but she says something along the lines of, like, you're here now, you can stay with me, we can have a life together, you can stay here. Yeah. And he says, I wish. I wish more than anything, but I can't imagine you with all your complexity or your perfection or your imperfection. Look at you, you're just a shade. You're just a shade of my real wife. You are the best that mm. I can do, but I'm sorry, you're just not good enough. And yeah. that, like... I had tears in my eyes during that scene because obviously I just read it in monotone, but the way mm. it's acted is so, like, fucking perfect. It's really emotional. It's, and it's, it's someone trying to let go. Yeah, and of, I think it like, was... This person is dead. And yeah. This, the opportunity that he has there, it isn't, it isn't her, technically. It isn't her at all. But he has time to literally stand in front of her and be like, or I guess sit in front of her, and say, like, okay, I'm... I'm moving on now, like, I'm getting on yeah. with it. And, like, the way he says, like, I wish more than anything, like, you can really feel it. Yeah. And I think this, there's no doubt in my mind this was written by someone who's experienced grief on that level. And For sure, like, it, that's one of the things is, you, you, with stuff like that as well, you only really understand it if you've experienced it. It's the same with, like, just more shitty things as well, like depression and obviously yeah. all, that, all that stuff. It, it is one of those things that you don't understand it unless you feel it. And... It was so genuine. Like you could feel mm. like something. I uh, and it was done so well. I didn't expect to feel things when I watched this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it's the fun, it's the fun dreams movie. But I, I walked away from that like deeply moved. Um, mm. There's also a little bit later on because sadly that gets interrupted her for going ah well then have this and she like fucking stabs him or some shit <laughs> and you're yeah, like yeah. oh right yeah this is a dumb action movie in some places. Uh, but then later on as well. I didn't write it down, but he's basically um, saying to her, he's like, no, you don't remember. Like, she's saying we can all grow old together. He's saying, no, you don't remember. We did grow old together. We had our time. And you see the same flashbacks from earlier, but this time they're old, because obviously yeah. when you're remembering, you're not remembering, like, yourself um, as you actually were. But, like, it shows how they actually were. When they were lying down on the railway tracks, they were old. And, um, God, it's just such a beautiful scene. And yeah. when I when I was like 16 or 17 and I jumped up from watching it with my family and said I understood that movie um, I understand whether the end of this is a dream or not um, I didn't understand and really I think the whole point of a totem spinning at the very end of a movie that final shot is that it doesn't matter It's the totems are his the, the faces of his children as soon as he yeah. sees them he knows he's in the real world it that's doesn't I mean, matter like, if he even is or not. He just knows he's in the real world. Because it, it's it's that's something that's played off so often in the movie as well. There for the entire movie, yeah. it's like them always running away. And obviously that does get explained at one point during the movie where he's like, I, I it's like his biggest regret. Mm. And he, like all the things he's got, like literally like almost like like a building full of regrets. Yeah. And that's his biggest regret is not like not not ask, like calling them out to turn around at that moment. Yeah, exactly. He was panicking about everything. Because obviously this was shortly after when he found out his wife had basically said that uh, he was threatening her. Yeah, and um, the whole point of a spinning totem shot at the end of a movie is for audiences to go, whoa, wait, is this a dream or is this not a dream? Are they going to do an Inception too? But that's not the point. This that's movie point isn't all, about... No dreams and reality it's about grief this entire movie is about mm -hmm. grief and it's in leo's ca uh, character but it's also in um killian's character yeah uh, w the way he deals with his dad and stuff whether that mm -hmm. thought was incepted or not like the whole 
No, I'm disappointed that you tried too hard to be me. He's moving on from his father's death one way or another. Like he's dealing with his grief, and it's just such one a things, beautiful fucking movie. One of, one of the parts I think is fantastic as well is when, when they wake up on the plane, eventually, and mm. Sato's there, and he's so fucking out of it. He's like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> like, he's literally been, yeah. he's been in limbo for so long. For like 40 like, years at least, right? Going by his yeah, age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's been, he's been there for so long, yeah. and he's suddenly back in a normal body. He's completely like, what the fuck? I, I mean, I'd be interested to see how how he his reaction like or he how he was followed up mm. but like i love i love i love ken watanabe's acting there as well because he's like what the fuck and he's like looking around and he looks at him and he's almost there's almost like a silent thank you there and yeah. then he remembers the deal and he immediately grabs yeah, the phone yeah, yeah, like exactly. immediately yeah it's like this dude just fucking <laughs> saved my life i'm gonna just you know immediately just get this done part of me thought um, wait how does he remember the phone number off the top of his head <laughs> but oh, that's a small nitpick um I've got to have one every every episode, um, but no, that that scene when the plane where they're all waking up and stuff is is really really like sweet, and like yeah. the way Leo looks as well as he's waking up, kind of like holy shit, like he's he's like, holy shit, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, he's not just back and he's not just going back to his family, but like he's overcome this like major sticking point in his character. Like you see it throughout most of the movie, the way he acts, the way he's absolutely crippled by his grief and yeah. um, like. The fact that he had that conversation with his with that uh, subconscious version of his dead wife uh, was super important, and I think it's. Uh, um, I feel like someone should have just told him to go to therapy, <laughs> but obviously yeah. I know that's not the plot of a movie. Uh, but I feel like well, it's a well, big selling uh, point. Interesting, to therapy. interesting attitude to that though. Does turn around and say that she was claimed sane by three different uh, she got therapists, claimed so it sane, could yeah. literally just be a case of he doesn't. He doesn't think it worked. I he guess, yeah, I guess. Like, true. it could just be a very subtle, like, it didn't work for my wife, so why is it going to work for me? Like, yeah, true. <laughs> I was I was just making a joke, really. I don't think it really had a message about yeah. therapy. But, um, no, it's just, ugh. And I don't, I feel like I've, I've jumped to conclusions and we're not even an hour into the podcast. But, like, this is the main thing I wanted to talk about with this film, was the whole grief aspect of the film. Because when I remembered this film... I was just like, oh yeah, it's the film where they go in about dreams and stuff. I didn't remember anything about the grief. It was just a mild character thing for me. But no, this is that's the oh, whole movie. That's the point of the movie. Yeah, and uh, you could like spin it off of other characters as well. The fact that we don't see much about um, I always forget his fucking name, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, is because mm. at least as far as we know, he doesn't have grief to deal with. He isn't going for any of that. Mm. He's like. It's not about him. He Proper is he's yeah. there. Just he is there to move things along. And at one point, they mentioned that Ellen Page, her character, hasn't experienced death or even life. Like I think they even hint yeah. that she's a virgin or something. Um, mm. At some point in the movie, and yeah, I think it's Leo's dead wife. It, her, the projection of her said something about. Yeah, that. she says, "How could you understand? You've never, you've never, yeah." You, she's like, "Oh, you don't understand the feelings and stuff." Yeah, and um, I think it's just like in and out, like. It got to that point in the movie, and I realised it was about grief. And I looked back at the entirety of the movie, and I went, "Oh, it's all about grief, all of it, like mm. metaphorically." Oh, all of it's about grief. Yeah, always was. Nah, fuck's sake. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I think it's uh, it's a beautiful movie for that, and I don't really know what else to say because I just I was so <laughs> I was so excited to get to that point. So we can go back earlier in the movie if there's anything else you want to talk about there. But that was my main point. I mean, yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it. There. Um, it, it, it's it is very much like wrapped up in that grief, and obviously the more obvious grief that Leo is dealing with, um, and dealing with it very poorly, mm. and then obviously uh, Killian's character, yeah, um, 
and which I think is interesting the way the way they do it as well because it's it's because I think uh, Ellen Page is at one point where she's just like, so you're gonna destroy his one good relationship? It's like, <laughs> yes. yes, but and hopefully to restore a good another one, like, mm. and they make a whole point of that. Let's do what we need to do. Um, they don't rest too long on the ethics, do they? Because it's super unethical what they're doing. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think <laughs> this is the, these are people that have done this shit so often yeah. that the ethics are kind of gone. I mean, Leo was obviously his motivation goes far beyond that as well. Yeah, it's like he's at the start of the movie, especially. He's very much portrayed as this just one last job kind of a guy. I've just got one last job, and then I but can. That's look something free. that's said as well. It's it's very much a th- line almost. No one really reacts to it, but. Um, the chemist, he's he's there's like, oh, what did he do? Like, Arthur literally says, oh, what did he do? Offer you half his share? And he's like, no, he offered me all of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he literally it, doesn't That's not care why he's about, there. Yeah. Not why he's there. And when they fail, well, like, when they initially fail as well, and he's like, uh, Leo's apologising to everyone because it was his yeah. fault. It's like, we're not the ones who aren't going to see our families again, kind of a thing. Like, yeah. We're, we're good. Like, this is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is your thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I also said to you um, yesterday... Um, about... Uh, I picked up on a subtle camera thing. And I, I wanted to use it. Oh, it's talking about yes. it. There is a shot of Leo. And I think it it's definitely one of the times when they're in a dream. I think it's maybe the second layer down. And the windows... The... The curtains are open and the windows open, and Leo has a flashback to like obviously his wife jumping out the window, mm. and um, it focuses in on his face and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like you good, and he's like yeah I'm good, but the camera ever so subtly tilts and it like yeah. really like simulates nausea and like the fact that no, cheeky little good. Dutch angle that yeah cheeky little one I wrote that down I was like oh Reese yeah, yeah, it's not a full Dutch angle well, but <laughs> the idea of the idea of a Dutch angle. Um, is to is basically instability so something is not right yeah um so i i believe anyway i i think that's right um so the, the reason obviously they do it slightly is because obviously we're oh shit's weird and stuff but it's just to really drive home the point that things are not okay with them mm-hmm. and they're probably going to get worse <laughs> like it, it's very it's a very solid hit to say that they're more to come effectively yeah yeah no definitely um, and also another note I skipped over which was about halfway through I, I just I was like my appreciation for the film was really setting in I just put this film's really bloody clever deceiving the yeah. target by telling him he's dreaming while in the second layer of a dream so he trusts you when you in it when you uh, inset him in the third layer is bold writing yeah, yeah, yeah it's a sure. movie you can't succinctly describe to anyone you can't be like oh yeah for sure like <laughs> it, it, saying it's about dreams within dreams is not the point of the movie again it's it's mm. very much about you know, grief and getting over things. Yeah, but um, even, like, aside from that whole thing, just, like, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, well, you see what happens is they kidnap this one guy and then they put him into a dream and they follow him into the dream. And then what they do is they chase him down and pretend to be the people who kidnapped him and then they're, like, trying to make him come up with a sequence of numbers and it doesn't matter what the numbers are, but then they use them later anyway. Uh, so what happens then is that they uh, they drug him so he dreams again while he's in the dream. And in this dream, they tell him that he's in the dream. Like, you know, you can't just, like rattle it off and be like oh so the general it's just such a, it, there's so much to it yeah you'd have to spend a good amount of time to actually explain what's going on before you even remotely understand what's happening yeah. and that's before you even go into the characters as well which uh, as we said before is the main focus of the movie exactly the point is very much the characters and the reasons they're doing things like mm. and that that's the thing as well is there is very much a focus on specific characters but other characters are there specifically to do a job like yeah. Um, 
obviously Ames was given a bit more characterization just because he's a bit more obviously out there. And can I just say that <laughs> the fucking fist that he has with that dude on the balcony for ages, <laughs> and then he falls off and then just shoots him. <laughs> yeah. Fucking. They have a lot of then... um. They have a couple of moments like that where um, they they put a focus on the velocity of a dead body. Did you notice also yeah. during jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt's uh, hallway fight scene at the end, when he's in the hotel room, he grabs a gun and the guy jumps off a bed towards him and he shoots and they both go spinning into the wall and it's like yeah. this, suddenly it's a dead weight kind of a thing. Yeah. Very similar moment. That's, one, one thing about that whole, one, one of the things I love as well, I've gone to a point now where I understand movies where I'm like, oh, so they probably just did this like this, which obviously probably would normally take someone out of the movie. Not for me, I just, I'm just like very interested in the process as well. So I'm just like, oh, I guess this is how they did this. I'm not entirely sure how they did the hallway scene. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I might know how, but there's a lot of like. I think I've seen um, some behind the scenes footage of to, like. To... He, there was a lot of wires involved, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, to, to, to simulate anti-gravity, what a lot of people do is they'll they'll set up a scene in a plane, mm. and then they'll just make the plane do a nosedive. Yeah. Um, and then oh, you yeah, have a certain amount that. of time. <laughs> yeah. They have a certain amount of time where where there is no gravity because you're just in freefall. Yeah. Um, and so obviously then you have a scene that built around it, and then obviously you do the scene. But so they really the do that like, for like movies. They, they do that. They do that. It's not a lot of time you have. I think. I think it's around a minute. I think. Yeah, and um, then like usually people throw up at the end of it. <laughs> That's what I've heard. It's like the well, vomit I mean, comet. I mean, it, it's effectively a skydive. Obviously, you probably yeah. train your body to do it, but it's effectively a skydive. Just you're in a contained thing. Yeah. I can't believe it. That's. I think at that point I'd just be like, just CGI me. But again, I think it's it's difficult to CGI like people uh, doing movements at different angles, as yeah, we saw. But I honestly think it probably was a wires thing. Like, I mean, w- when the building was spinning, that was obviously probably just set up to be a slow turning thing, you know? Yeah. Like, it was set up to slowly turn, and then obviously they were just like, here are yeah. your directions, so you know when it's turning and all that stuff. So then, just, yeah, just just went ham, which is super fucking cool. Also, Infinite Staircase thing was cool as well, but, um... <laughs> Inf- I think just... Paradox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Paradox. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, like, I, I just think it was, it was fantastically done, and, like, just how painstakingly slow it all was moving around when it was, like, no gravity there. It looks like they built a roll cage, so I'm guessing... I'm looking yeah, at a the video the roll cage now. would have been definitely for, like, the part where it was spinning. Yeah. But like for the anti-gravity thing, it was probably just why, isn't it? Um, but it looks so good, and it was done so well. I think the entire uh, mm, yeah. I think my favorite bit though was when it hit when the the car hits the guard the van hits the guardrail, and then he just goes Wah! and just flies. <laughs> yeah. It was such a cool moment, and obviously the avalanche happened. The other one. Yeah. Such a cool moment. Yeah. I love it. Because then they're all just like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <sighs> but yeah, one last thing I will say though, uh, I think I mentioned earlier, sound design, fantastic, like you feel the weight of everything, mm. and the guns sound too loud, which I think is good. Yeah. Um, like, it, they're very harsh and very loud, like explosively so. Speech. Um, and yeah, it's just everything is very, thing, and the, the music is very good as well. Oh my um, god, Hans Zimmer, yes. The score is fantastic, <laughs> the score. Oh, was it Hans Zimmer, was it? Yeah. Um, oh shit, okay, yeah, no wonder. Um, I sent Reese a yeah. screenshot last night of Spotify of um, Hans Zimmer Time, which is the song played at the end of a movie where they're all waking up on the plane, I believe. Has 134 million plays. 
yeah it, it, it's a great song because it perfectly encapsulates what's happening and it's like it's like oh shit we did it it's very much like a we fucking did it like celebratory like mm. thing and like oh, just the music everywhere's fantastic as well like the music that's playing when everything's like super tense and like it's like oh are they gonna make it like and all that stuff and the the music reminds me a lot of music that's used in the BBC series Sherlock, and I think what happened there yeah. is inspiration was taken quite heavily for Sherlock because that came out later. <laughs> yes. But uh, the yeah. lady, it might just be because I also heard that uh, soundtrack like earlier in the day. Uh, but the soundtrack for the woman, for Irene Adler's character, is super similar to some of the um, some of the themes used in Inception, um, and yeah. I think she's even played by the same actor as the one who plays Leo's wife in this. I might be wrong. Yeah. Um, Ma, Ma, doesn't matter. Inception cast. That's what I'll Google. Inception cast. Uh, where is she? Where is she? Marion. Oh, I might be wrong actually. Marion. Sherlock. Am I wrong? I think I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm wrong. Never mind. She looks similar. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, um, I was just gonna say, uh, I do like I do like the idea of the way they describe the uh, the, the the implanting of a dream, or of an idea, and then obviously it like growing into this whole thing. Like the twist of the movie being obviously that she that he implanted is like, oh yeah, this isn't real, and like planted mm. that in her mind, and then so she doesn't think. The real world is real either. Yeah. Like how how it like grows so crazily like out there like she doesn't understand it anymore. Cause yeah. She doesn't have her totem. Especially because used her totem. Imagine if you were trapped in a dream for fifty years. Like, mm. sure, your perspective on what's real would become warped. But then the idea in your head that's already been planted there that is just there and just constantly mm. agging at you like this isn't real. I I don't think this is real. Yeah. Um. And the fact that she like throw like because she throws her totem down, doesn't even obviously he walks in and picks it up, and then finds she's like obviously out on the windowsill. Yeah. God, dreams are so weird, dude. I actually had a dream a couple nights ago, uh, where I so I frequently dream about my primary school. Don't know why. Uh, have an idea why, but that's probably a bit personal. And I I basically a couple nights ago I had a dream where I was visiting there with my sister. We were both adults as we are now but we were just visiting for some reason and i said to her you know it's so so weird to see this school i almost said the name of it out loud uh, it's so weird mm. to see this school in person again after i dream about it so often i'm actually finally like here in person and then i woke up and i was like god damn it that was another fucking <laughs> dream so <laughs> i don't blame her for uh for having trouble distinguishing between what's real or what's not because that's actually kind of accurate to the way real dreams work sometimes yeah, uh, yeah. you only know reality when you're actually in it but in a dream you can still think it's reality but you yeah. don't have that like knowing of like for certain it's so fucked up and impossible to describe but i'm pretty that's sure everyone crazy. knows what i mean it's, it's just that it's, it's crazy how your mind works isn't it like mm. the fact that it can build this and one of the things i was mentioned as well is which i think is fantastic in this it's like you never really know where you start in the dream do you, you just start exactly, just yeah. in the dream like it's going and you're in it like and trying to remember where, where like it started is the be one of the best ways to understand that you're dreaming yeah because you don't remember how you got there mm. Exactly, um, and because um, they, they're immediately like, because that's obviously they they tell him like they're in a dream. Yeah. He's like, huh, I mean, do you remember how you got here? And he was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, 
like, it is crazy though when Ellen's going on about like, how am I supposed to get every detail correct? And he was like, oh, their minds usually fill in the rest. Yeah. And that's true because like I said about that dream about my primary school, I remember, you know how I was talking about how, oh, I'm actually here for once instead of dreaming about it. I remember looking at my school and it was super detailed and being like, I wouldn't have this detail in a dream. But it was a dream, yeah. so... Well, that's the thing, like, and one, I don't think they really mention, um, I don't think they mention this in the dream, but something I, something I, I oh, they don't mention this about the dreams, um, but something I know from dreams and stuff is, uh, I believe you, you, the human mind isn't actually capable of making a unique face. Mm-hmm. Um, it pulls from your subconscious of people you've seen in the past. Yeah. So everyone, everyone you interact with, in the, it, it, every, every, if you remember a dream, you interact with someone that you don't recognize, you've probably seen them in real life. Mm-hmm because your subconscious like typically just fills in the blank therapy and like oh i've seen this person this is a real person faces are so weird as well because you look at someone's face and you think there can't be that much differentiation between faces like you've got yeah. eyebrows eyes a nose and a mouth but mm-hmm. something about like the facial structure everyone's is different it's yeah, it's so crazy. It's crazy. fucky it's, it's it's crazy how that works isn't it yeah and, and like we recognize them like, it's harder to recognise someone if you are literally just looking at their face and, like, you don't see their hairline or ears or, like, their chest or anything like that, like, below their chin. But, like, I mean, you can do it. it I, I saw a psychological study thing once because um, my sister did some stuff like that in uni and um, she was showing me once. And it's like, you can recognise people just by their faces alone and it's so yeah. weird. It's, it's, it's really interesting. And one of the things I think is really interesting as well about your... Um, because of mirrors and stuff, um, if you saw like your face like out in the world, apparently it takes a, a, t- a tad bit longer to uh, recognize it your face than rather if it was mirrored, mm. because you're so used to seeing it mirrored normally. Obviously, there's pictures. Oh, right, stuff, but yeah. An, an average person typically will not recognize it as quickly as a mirrored person. That's interesting. So. Weird. I've never even considered that. Oh, oh. Hang on a minute. Let me just um. Did that all come through then? Because I think yeah. my PC no, yeah, that all came through. Okay, fine. My PC went a little wonky there. <laughs> but I, I feel like um, after you just said that whole sentence, I need to play the <laughs> noise again. <laughs> I actually heard it on my end. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me, Inception. What are we gonna do next? What movie? It's my turn to choose. Well, it's your turn, so I'm um, looking through so the while list you, now. While you pick, I'm gonna. Interstellar. How, Done. Uh, <laughs> I want Interstellar. to do Interstellar really badly. <laughs> Interstellar, God. Is that on... Uh, Let me check. Uh, you carry on. Um, but yeah, I was just going to say this. Uh, I'll just vamp for a bit. Um, so yeah, this film is great. Uh, it's really interesting. And it, again, it's it, it brings... like I think one of the reasons this is so good to do is because it's going back to movies that we, we have watched. Um, I mean, obviously, some of the movies we'll do at some point probably we haven't. But a lot of these movies will have a better understanding of watching them because now we're older and I guess understand film a little bit better and media as a whole. But it's things like this is why I, I think I just love media and I love films and just shows and games and all the music and all that stuff is because you, you just you just get something from it more each time, especially when you spend you know ten years not watching the film and come back to it. Oh, exactly. Um, and. It, it's just great and it, having a better understanding and I feel genuinely like more intrigued by a film watching it now um, like w- one of the things I was concerned about as well as going back and watching films I've already seen I'd get bored um, but that's not really happened um, I think I just have a better appreciation for film as a whole so rewatching films isn't as bad 
uh, for me as I think it used to be. Yeah. Um, I used to have a real like thing about watching a film I'd already seen. Um, but hey, I I've, Baby Driver came out three years ago, I want to say, and I've watched that film probably five times. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spider Verse, I've probably watched a few times. Oh well. God, I love Spider Verse. Um, Interstellar is sadly not on Netflix um, or anything that you have, but I've got another one we can do instead. How about Limitless, which is kind Limitless. of... Limitless! That's an interesting one. Uh, this is about um, a guy... It's going to be a bit out there, though. be laughing about it come next Monday. What's that? It's going to be really dumb and silly at points. Yeah. You'll, you'll, see, you'll see a while when we get to it. Um, it is a little bit more raunchy. Um, so I've seen this movie, but I don't remember much Random about it. cuts to people fucking because that does happen at one point. Oh, does it? Um, it's a bit. I mean, it's. I think it's like a fifteen. I think. Um, yeah, it's it not is. like over the top. Like it. It's like it's like sexual references rather than like it's in your face. Yeah. It's not like that. It's just kind of like in the background almost. Um, and it's it's uh, it's a bit more it's a bit more gray as well. Um, as a result. Yeah, uh, it's, a it's an interesting film, and it's got it's got. Uh, Fucking, I, I never remember the actor's name, but no, I'm looking at him, stuff. and the name is just nowhere to be found. Yep, he's in like Hangover. But and it's that, like that guy, uh, yeah. But I remember really liking this movie the first time I saw it. It's similar it's, it's time. It's an interesting movie. Um, it's an interesting movie. It's, I love it, these movies that have like this what if nature to them. Uh, yes, Inception's exactly. one. Limitless is another. I can think of a few more. Um, yeah, it it it, it, like it stuff to the other because again it it. it it's easily you can place yourself in that world very easily and not be too like blown away by what's going on mm. and be like oh i am lost <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know yeah but as far as i remember it's basically about a dude who takes a drug that expands his mind and it how his life changes more of his brain yeah. yeah yeah and then it, it goes into the whole subconscious of being like remembering things more easily and yeah um stuff like that See, this is a this is a sequitur from Inception because in Inception they say that we only use uh, a certain amount of our brain, and that's exactly what Limitless is about. So there you go, mm -hmm. from one straight into the other. How about that? Yeah, I remember. Also, I, think they did a, I think they did another film similar, which has Scarlett Johansson, which is called Lucy, I believe. I which, know Limitless um, got a series. Does... Yeah, um, but uh, it. It's, um, it's a on similar here. kind of film of like using more percentage of your brain. When a like young American in Taiwan becomes an unwilling drug mule, the high-tech narcotics get released into her system and activate superhuman powers. Yeah. Friend. The idea being that she uses so much of her brain that she gets superpowers. Okay, how about this? Would you rather watch Limitless or Lucy? Because I haven't seen I Lucy. I would say Limitless because Lucy's okay. a bit... Lucy's a bit less like... <laughs> like it, it, Limitless is more interesting, I think. Okay. Sure, we'll do Lucy. Uh, not Lucy, sorry, we'll do Limitless. Lucy, Lucy's a bit more spectacly, I think. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, join us next week and we'll talk about Limitless. Today's episode was a little bit shorter, but that's because. That's actually not that much shorter. It's like 10 minutes shorter. Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, I'm very much watching the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, Reese has to go to work and I had a Windows update, so. <laughs> yeah, that apologies for the. Uh, what we promised would be earlier and ended up being a little bit later than we promised, but um, hopefully uh, we'll be able to sort out. I'm trying to sort out my availability so it can be done, but apparently that's just an issue at my work right now. A lot of people are having issues with it yeah. uh, that I work with, so uh, obviously it's not exactly the easiest time to be sorting that stuff out anyway with what's going on at the work. Yeah. But either way, we will try our best to get it around the same time again. If not, we'll do it early or later, depending. Yeah. Um, obviously, we'll give prior uh, knowledge as soon as I am aware of my... Uh, 
patterns. Follow us on Twitter. Yes, uh, follow us on Twitter. Twitter.com slash and uh, I should notice by now, which is R E E C E K I R I and twitter.com slash critigri. You know me, you've got that URL right up there right now, so that's fine. Um, anyway, uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to us talk about Inception. And we will see you uh, in the next one. See you later. <laughs>